Hey guys, Amir Ryder here with the Cloud9 Podcast. I have Ben Sims, my uh, good friend who we just met, I think, two weeks ago, uh, but a lot in common. Uh, ben works for MarketSource, the biggest sales-as-a-service organization in the world that I know of. Um, and Ben, uh, from my understanding, has probably the most challenging position of making sure that every program not only succeeds, but grows. And as everybody knows, sales not as easy as customer support, right? It's, it's uh, probably the most challenging service and you guys have been doing it um, at a high level for, for how many years now? 30 years. We've 30 been years. in for 30 years. Yeah. 30 years, 3,000 plus employees, countless enterprises, right? Yeah, Amir. So we, we're, you know, I'm privileged. I get to work with world-class, iconic enterprise B2B brands and stand up sales teams that augment what they're already doing. So I also have the privilege of working for uh, dozens of managers and hundreds of sales reps um, that generate revenue, right? That's, that's what we're hired to do, grow revenue. And, and we can do that at any point in the customer life cycle from lead gen to quote the cash to channel sales to customer success and growing their current customer base. Uh, and their tail account. So it, it's a fun and very interesting conversation. Every hour is a different topic about a different industry and a different go-to-market strategy. So yeah. I, I feel blessed to be doing what I do. No, I appreciate taking the time to, uh, this is one of my more, more exciting podcasts because I, like I said, I look up to you guys and I look up to the reputation that you guys have in the industry and just the, the organizations that you work with are amazing. Um, Sales has been changing, right? I think I think I can imagine 30 years ago were the 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 days of just you know, dial and smile and and you know business cards in a in a laminated sheets. Now there's been a flood of sales and marketing technologies. Um, from from your standpoint, what's the the biggest change you've seen in 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 sales in the last let's say five years? The biggest change is the buyer. The buyer's changed. Um, yeah. How they buy has changed dramatically, especially in the last 10 years. Uh, we all see the statistic where they're doing research, right? 60, 70% of the way before they even engage with a seller. Um, and how they engage is very different from the demand gen efforts that you're trying to put out in a marketing point of view, uh, from website, research, um, third-party research, looking for testimonials and referrals, you know, they're, they're doing, they're taking themselves along the journey uh, on their own quite a bit. The number of decision makers, right, especially in enterprise, continues to grow. Um, and, and so because of that, sales has had to adapt. So to your point, pounding out $100 a day from an inside sales perspective, just stopping by and dropping off donuts uh, from a face-to-face -face sales perspective or going out to steak dinners, uh, that, that, that doesn't work anymore, I don't think. And uh, you now have to have, um, you know, a more omni-channel approach. You have to engage with them in a variety of different ways. You have to be authentic. You have to build relationships. Um, and so, yes, uh, from an inside sales perspective, phone, email, social media connections. Uh, but you also need to expand that and, and stand out through video. Um, is becoming hot texting now people your current customers huge. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't cold call with texting but current customers certainly are comfortable engaging by text and so uh, the the sellers who embrace the omni-channel approach I think are going to have more conversations 
and thus uh, fill up their pipeline faster and close more deals. Um, so, so that's, there's a lot of differences and, and, and you have to adapt to the buyer and then you have to adapt to the buying committee, right? You need to know who your influencers are. You need to know who your skeptics are. You need to know who the decision maker is and you need to know how to communicate to each of them individually. Yep. They yep. all have their own uh, agendas. Um, and so that takes a, a, a skill set. So it's, it's an exciting time for sales. In my opinion, if I was, if I was coming out of college and just now getting into it, I'm actually, I'm jealous. I'm jealous yeah. of the people who are getting into sales today versus when I got into it. Yeah, no, I agree. A lot of the, a lot of the legwork's being done with AI tools and automation. It's really allowing salespeople to focus on the conversations, focus on the understanding of what people really need and companies need to change, right? I think it's no longer the days of Oracle hiring the you know, high top paid sales reps to close half million dollar contracts, right? Like those days are kind of over. Like you have to literally be a, nimble enough to change your product and service to give people what they want, right? And if you look at, let's say, take a look at Tesla, right? I think they have um, the only car company that has a higher valuation in Tesla right now is Toyota. Um, and, and what do they do? I'm like, I have not gone through this experience. I remember my brother did, he just got one. Um, but you can pretty much shop online and build your Tesla, right? And, and, and people are there just to help, right? It's more customer success. Um, not the days of you go to a car lot and then come sit at my table and let's see what the manager can do for a deal. Right. So, um, you can see like they're a car company that just kind of was born in the, in the 21st century. And, um, they literally just, you know, I took, I think, I think they, they are the symbol of like helping a buyer centric buyer um, experience, but it's interesting what you're saying. Cause I think in the beginning you mentioned customer success, right. And I think all the things that we're talking about also leads to, customer success, I think, becoming more of the future salespeople because I think people are not going to, they're not going to, I will not say need salespeople. I, I would say that the word salesperson means almost like I'm selling you something where customer success is like, I'm here to help you. And I think that's also a change in the way people want to buy and who they want to buy from. Yep. And I think you're going to start finding people with customer success titles being quota carrying um, in the future. And I know that we spoke about that and it's coming, I think, right? Yeah, I I think that's possible. So so you still need I look, I still think you need closers, right? You still need to they still need to finish the journey. Uh you still need to help the buyer finish the journey on deciding what product or service or software or whatever they need to buy and, and help them kind of make that final decision. But then the customer success team, in my opinion, post sale is really booming because and you're seeing software already has been running with this sales law or Salesforce, I should say, and even sales law have some of the best customer success teams out there where they're just being proactive and engaging with the customer, making sure their onboarding process is smooth, making sure their utilization is as high as possible, training any new agents that need to sign on for the software and just kind of being that, that true partner. Um, and now you're, I'm starting to see it you know, kind of like a lot of times technology, what happens to technology then moves to other industries. So chemicals and, and some of the more legacy industries are now seeing the benefits of customer success. Now, in my opinion, customer success leaders, you always kind of have a sales hat on, but first and foremost, you need to help them help your customer. And, and then along the way, you're going to learn the lay of the land and you're going to learn about other opportunities within that client to go wide. Um, going deep is just adding more accounts and adding more product features. 
Um, at the same time, I still think it's okay to work hand in hand with the original seller when it comes to those wide opportunities. Because my first, as a customer success person, my first role is to make sure you're getting what you need from our product. That's my top priority. I, if, if I come off as selling too much, then that can actually um, hurt the, that cause. So, um, you know, th th there, there is a little bit of a separation of the roles, but customer success, first of all, you, your chances of growing revenue with your current customers is much higher than getting net new and, and much easier than net new. And much also, cheaper. If you reduce churn by 10%, it actually can grow your bottom line uh, margins by up to 90%. So you, you, there's, a, there's a huge uh, downfall and windfall to taking care of your cur current customers than spending all your energy looking for net new. So you, you have to have a healthy balance of both, but a lot of companies are seeing the benefits of the customer success role with the current. With yeah, the well, also those company valuations are, are t based off of growth rate and churn rate as well, right? So it's no longer just keep growing, have 50% churn rate. It, it's going to hurt your, your, your mission. If your mission is to have an IPO or an exit, right. Um, you know, you bring up a, a question that I would love to ask, right? Like you're, you're running customer success account management with market source. Like where do account executives stay involved um, with the customer for the life of the account? Is there a handoff after 12 months? Yeah. Um, so they stay involved really they're very involved really through the first 120 days and, and more just making sure that, Hey, are we delivering the model that was designed? Right. And as well as they're staying engaged, at least through our first QBR, then where, then they tend to disengage more, but, it, but then when there's a wide opportunity, cause again, we work with enterprise. So there's tons of, business units that we can get into when there's an opportunity to go wide and, and and start another program with another business unit then we pull the AEs back in to kind of facilitate that deal and that way me and my teams can keep focusing on delivery so uh, of the current program so it's kind of one of those where service sells more service mm -hmm. uh, approach uh, but we still want the closers to come back and, and now if it's an opportunity to go deep with the current program that that falls on us. So we're responsible for deep, and the AEs are responsible for going wide. We're we're in an industry where where uh, spend has no connection to happiness, right? I think our clients could be happier spending thirty million dollars in revenue if they're getting a ten x ROI than if they're spending ten thousand dollars a month for an agent, right? Um, so it's an interesting point to bring up. I think customer success in sales as a service means performance, right? Um, and it's huge, right? Um, not to change the conversation. I, this is like, I'm just getting curious, like talking to you. I'm getting, I'm, I'm starting to think like you've seen probably all these data providers over the years that discover.org, the Hoovers, the, this, the, that, um, it, like it, if this is confidential, no worries, but who's the go-to data provider for you guys? Um, is it all of them? Or are they using one? Um, what does that look like? So you need to carve out dad, data. So in my opinion, there's, there's three areas of data that you're seeing the data companies kind of uh, morph into. One is contact data. So do I need, I need a Mears title. I need a Mears phone number. I need a Mears email address, right? I need the contact data. Now what you're seeing, the hot space that's really 
uh, growing right now is intent data. So that's more account-based, right? Which accounts have a propens are showing triggers and showing b signals online, either hiring or new technology that they've adapted that says, hey, they are in the process, right now they're prime to sell more product or sell an adjacent product. Mm -hmm. and, that, and so intent data is largely used by marketing and sales teams um, either for your current accounts that are showing buying signals or new accounts or competitive accounts that are showing buying signals. And then you have this new cleansing data as well. So, uh, you, know, you know, data is, if it's 90 days old, it's old. So you have these companies where you can dump some of your data and they can cleanse it for you. So yeah. those are the three areas where I'm looking for data. And I'll be honest, the first one, uh, and I'll go ahead and mention the brand. The first one, when it comes to contact data, I, I go to Zoom Info. And now with the merger of Discover.org, I think they're only going to become better. This has been validated with me. I've had conversations with Gartner on this, who has done research on all the data companies. And they've, they've also confirmed that the highest, uh, Zoom Info tends to have the highest accuracy rates. And I find that, and we've tested dozens of them, and that tends to be the one we fall back on. I'm actually, I'm going to plug, I'm going to, I'm actually on an advisory board for an intent data company that ever one would need to pay attention to, especially if you're in technology, and that is Demand Matrix. Uh, startup, growing very quickly, clients like, I don't know if I can say clients, the client, big clients. Clients like a market source. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we don't use them yet. Uh, yes. Big technology clients, storage clients, cloud clients, yeah. so all the brands that you would recognize that are in uh, cloud, um, you know, are, have become their clients. So if you're in a technology space, I'd go there. Um, and then cleansing data. I haven't. I, I don't have a go-to for cleansing data yet. I think there's still some emerging players in that space. Yeah, yeah. And we're 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 really researching deep into space. Um, and that's that's kind of the future for us is becoming a technology company um, that's led by data. And I've been working with some of the 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 intent data. I haven't had so much success with intent data, but I think it's because it's an emerging space and it's how you use it, right? But if you think of things like even a customer putting a review on G2 Crowd, right? Like there are going to yeah. be crawlers that can go out there and say, market source just like. I had market sources left a review for Seamless.ai, right, which is a lead gen company, and boom, filling in that data and how to get it to people is huge. I'm like, everything starts with data if you think about it, even customer success, because if your point of contact left company, you need to know that now, right? Ben Sims is now the, the point of contact. You need to know ahead of time to build a relationship. I, I have had companies, not gonna, I'm not gonna put them on blast now, but send me the day of a renewal, uh, a new rep, you know, with an email saying your price went up 30%. And that's not customer success, right? Like I want a phone call 90 days before my renewal. I want, hey, sorry, John left, um, but my name's you know, Tim and I'm, I wanna, how's everything going, right? So, um, and the cool part is some of these companies are billion dollar companies. So it goes to show you how much um, area of improvement that, that's out there, right? And I think, I think we're gonna see a huge um, transformation, I think in our industry where data, um, fully loaded data companies, right? With training included, with management included, ready to scale, your organization, I think, is the the future, right? Um, and it'll allow people to do constantly do higher level things as we as we help organizations in that way. Um, now, let me ask you a question: When it comes to sales enablement, are you guys using? You know, there's so many providers, right? There's Salesloft, Outreach, Apollo. Um, you can I can I can name so many. Are you guys testing multiple ones? Do, do you do you guys use the accounts that existing people already have? What's what's the strategy there? We've gone, we have tested several, um, and we've actually just this year dedicated ourselves to sales loss. So, Great. Um, and Big part of it, Porter right there. 
I'll be honest, we're based in Atlanta, they're based in Atlanta. So it makes it easy for them to help us. Um, we can showcase what they do and how to best utilize their product for their customers. And their product can be used in a lot of different ways, not just lead gen. Um, we use it for account management, we use it for customer success. So um, them being local has certainly been helpful uh, because we're based in Atlanta and they are as well. Uh, but I also do, I applaud them. Their product has, you know, every year they keep adding new fixtures. So they just added SMS texting, which we've added to a couple of our programs as well, using mm -hmm. it. Um, Vidyard has always been on there. So I think they do a great job with having an omni-channel approach. They're now heading to, they're growing um, the mobile utilization of it, which means it can now be, it can start to be used in field sales, not just inside sales. Yeah, so yeah. they've invested a lot in their product um, and really advanced it forward. Now there's, they have some competitors I'll say that are um, also very good. Um, and then they have some competitors that aren't so good. I'll be honest, but uh, we've, 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 actually just this month consciously made the decision that we're going to go all in with sales law. Well, look, them being local makes sense, right? Because it's also, you're able to, to meet uh, your office, their office, and this, that's a still, still the human connection, right? Um, yeah. Which is important. So you bring up a good point. Uh, I'm on an onsite right now, right? I think <laughs> I flew in uh, to visit, to visit some people. Um, so that's not going to go away. I love how you're bringing up SMS text. I think I'm going to be talking a lot about SMS text this year. We, we, we are part of a few SMS companies and actually we just launched an SMS platform ourselves. And I think how you use SMS is um, very important, right? Like you're not, not going to be like, I have an offer, blah, 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 blah. That's spamming, right? But saying, yep. you know, hey, Ben, how's it going? Um, I just called your phone, didn't get you. Is this the right channel or can I send you an email to amplify, right? I think amplification yep. with SMS text and being very polite um, works. I'm the kind of person if you call call me. I'm like, what do you need? What do you want? Whatever. Text me. Right. Yeah. Not everybody's like that. Every persona is different. That's why omnichannel is huge. Right. That's right. That's um, I want to talk about extending a tech stack, maybe like a gong and a chorus. Um, they've, they've exploded in the sense that people are buying them. Um, I personally don't think companies are prepared to make the investments in a coaching culture um, and actually having those coaches. Are you guys using a service like that? How do you see them yep. working? What's the future with those guys? Yep. So there's a third vendor you didn't mention that we do use, and that's Exact Vision. So those are the them. three. Yeah. Uh, Gone, Course, Exact Vision. All three are great. We've researched all three. I have friends that work at all three, so I'm going to say hello to all my friends at all three. Um, and and they're, they're, they're great products. I, look, in my opinion, call coaching is the single best coaching and development tool that you have, I agree. period. And the reason for that is when you effectively coach a, a rep and you listen to their call and you listen to the buyer and then you provide some constructive feedback, their very next call immediately is better. So it's instant improvement. Um, it's the only tool that I know that's like that. Everything else that you would train on takes a little time for them to kind of grasp. You give someone some quality feedback on a phone call, their next call is better. And so what I love about all of them um, is they all have that, what percentage of the time is the buyer talking? What percentage of the time is your rep talking? You can listen mm -hmm. for active listening skills. You can type in some keywords. Like if they ever mention the word discount, why did they mention the word discount? The, there's interaction between the rep and the, and the, and the uh, manager that can be done through note, you know, notes back and forth. Manager doesn't have to listen to the whole call. They can it's mobile friendly. They can listen to calls on their phone. I know some managers listen to the calls on the phone while they're on a treadmill. Um, and the way we do it is to avoid micromanagement. We have our reps send their manager two calls a week. One call that went well, 
that then can be shared with the rest of the team. Yep. And one call that went sideways, hey, this buyer threw me off, right? And it's okay. And then they send that to the manager and then the manager can give feedback. And that way it's not the manager micromanaging and listening to calls. It's, it's the rep asking for help. And we find that that's more effective. And then we also pull the answers from the rep. When you give the, when you give the feedback, there's a six-step method. One, tell me about the customer. And that, that kind of tells me how intuitive the rep is. Two, what did you do well? And so I'm, the rep is answering these questions. I'm not just, you know, sniper shooting, hey, you did this wrong, you did this wrong. Yep. I'm pulling answers from the rep. What did you think you did well? And then I, step three, I agree that you did those things well. I also think you did this, this, and this well. Now the conversation starts off more positive. And then I ask the rep, where do you think the call could have gone better? What do you, where areas are you trying to improve? Now the rep is giving me uh, the feedback. And guess what? 90% of the time, they're going to say what I would have said anyway. But if them saying it, they're going to buy into the areas they can improve. And then I'll say, I agree with you. There's, I also caught a couple areas I think you can improve. And then step six is let's, let's choose three areas that you're going to focus on immediately on your next call. And that way I'm not giving them 10 things to think about. Let's just choose three things that on your next call you're going to implement. So that's my six-step coaching method I use. And it's very effective. And again, I want the rep sending me the call. And that's, to me, again, using any of those three tools um, is the single best coaching method that you can give your rep. Well, well for everybody listening, I, I think if you actually see the energy and the excitement on the face of Ben when he's talking about coaching, running customer success for sales as a service, probably average team size, I would say, what, 20, 25 people, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. I think you got to take it um, from this guy as, as the best advice you probably would get because if there's anybody who knows the importance of, of call coaching, it's you. It's not the actual companies making the technology. It's the person literally in the trenches managing multiple hundreds of reps, thousands of reps, thousands of programs. Like I'm, I'm going to write those six steps down. And I'm going to have a talk on my training team and I might have to have you talk to them. That's, that was, um, I felt the energy for that. And, and it, it's, it's the truth, right? Because if you think about data from even Gong, they say like the top performers are top performers, right? Like I get in my zone and I'm calling and I'm meeting people like, but like, I'm not super, you know, like you can't take my secret sauce. I just born into me, but the middle performers have the biggest room for improvement. And like, who wins with coaching? Right. The rep. Cause they're, taking a hard career and, and it's like having a personal trainer. If you're going to go to the gym and lose 40 pounds, right? Like, no, it doesn't work for everybody. Having a personal coach is, a, is, is going to help you. The rep's going to, his career is going to go up, right? Um, the customer is going to get better results, right? So the days of like call a hundred people and that's work. I'm like, cool. It's work. You know, you're going to be busy for eight hours a day, but are you going to get an ROI? Probably not. Uh, is the customer going to be happy at the end of the day? Cool. Hey, you know, thanks market source or cloud task for calling hundred people a day, but I didn't get good meetings. So I think, um, you know, coaching is definitely here to stay and, and a lot of new positions, right? Like there's no VP of coaching, director of coaching, right? SVP of coaching culture. I'm just throwing titles out. You're, but seeing, like, you're seeing sales enablement, the job title sales enablement start to pop up more and yeah. more in the sales enablement society now that's actually, you know, kind of created a community. So it, it is a, it's a growing role. Yeah, it's a growing role for sure. Um, like we were very fortunate when building CloudTest to bring on a lot of talent that came from BPO, from the AT&Ts, from the customer, from the support, and, and and I let them build their training program. And I, and I, and it was a you know, is this going to help our employees? Is this going to help our customers? Approved type of type of uh, decision for me. 
And I haven't been able to get in the weeds of actually seeing it, but I see some of the emails coming like, Hey, we had a coaching session. Here's the improvement. Right. So I, I, you know, I, I quickly skim and I see the results um, and I'm measuring our NPS and seeing it go up. So I, I know that doubling down on that is definitely in the two data training, coaching, right. Doubling down on that omnichannel SMS texting. That's, that's going to be 220, um, yep. maybe 221. Yep. And um, yeah, it's definitely an exciting time. Uh, have you worked with, if you don't mind me asking any of any the, top of the automations, automations like Conversico or exceeded AI? So AI automation, we are, um, we are. So, and, and it's interesting. So there's a couple of automations and you've probably seen them. So e email automation um, technology that's out there like Conversica, there's others um, where you're, you're, you know, automated emails going out, you can reply that the buyer replies and then there's actually a response back. And it's, you know, it is growing quickly where it looks personal. It doesn't look like a bot. It's warming up conversations for sellers. You're also seeing it on LinkedIn. Um, some of the invites that you get on LinkedIn, some of the messages you get on yeah. LinkedIn, actually that's AI. Um, some of it's annoying. You can tell when it's not personalized, but I, I, it's, it's improving quickly to where it looks personalized. And it, looks, it doesn't look like a bot. And those are just warming up conversations. AI is here. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And where, where I'm really more excited to see AI go, and you, we talked about it with intent data and other things, is it's going to take some of those hard skills away from the rep, the administrative skills, the, the front-end conversations, as well as some of the back-end administrative tasks. AI is going to take some of that away so that the reps can use their soft skills, their human skills, their listening skills, their communication skills. That's where I think a lot of people are worried about AI taking jobs away. It'll take some jobs away, but it's also going to grow some jobs. Grow efficiency. It's going to make the seller, uh, it's going to allow the seller to use their soft skills more frequently. That's where I think AI is taking sales. And, I'm, and, and yes, we've deployed it and we're very excited about it. Ben, I love this conversation. I look forward to meeting you in person um, and, and, and just seeing the industry change. And, and, and you're obviously a seasoned sales leader managing, managing multiple teams. If any other leader out there wants to connect with you just to pick your brain, learn from the best, uh, how can they reach you? I'm very active way. on LinkedIn. So you certainly can find me on LinkedIn. I work for Market Source. I'm also pretty active on Twitter. Um, so EB Sims at Twitter is my, or at EB Sims is my handle there. So both ways are great ways to reach me. Um, and of course you can reach out to us here at Market Source as well as you guys there at CloudTask. So, um, you know, it's great to have this partnership conversation, Colleagues right? in the industry, um, man. We, we, all want, we all want companies to focus on their product and their customers and make yeah. things better. So um, this has been amazing. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join the CloudNown podcast. And uh, yeah, we will, we will keep pushing the industry forward, right? And uh, giving the feedback to the technology masters, building out those tech sacks and helping us elevate the game um, and, and getting a, buy, a better buyer experience. Uh, what we're doing is growing and become, companies are becoming more comfortable with outsourcing part of their sales. Uh, yep. You know, 10 years ago, they wouldn't have even thought about it, I think. It would have been harder to think about, and now they're more comfortable. I actually go, got to go meet with, the silicon, uh, with a uh, chip maker, actually, who's one of our clients. So um, great. Thank you for having me. Have here. a good one, man. Talk soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.